So much great Advertising Week content, so little time. Snackable AI is now helping you navigate podcasts like this one, event sessions, and other content with chapters, topic tags, and more. Find the insights that matter to you faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai. No two Twitch communities are the same. However, what unifies them is a love of live, interactive, and shared entertainment. In this episode of Uncommon Thinking from Advertising Week Europe 2022, hear from those who bring these communities together, creating never-to-be-repeated experiences as they provide tips for brands on how to facilitate a more diverse and inclusive experience for the gaming and live streaming community. It is uh, amazing to be back in person, isn't it? Um, and it's brilliant to be here to present uh, the session, Creators in Conversation, How Can Brands Create an Inclusive Experience? I'm Adam Harris. I am the global head of the Brand Partnership Studio at Twitch. The role of the Brand Partnership Studio is to um, enable brands to create on Twitch, and therefore brands are a really important part of our flywheel. They support our creators and enable them to make a living doing what they love. So it's really important that we kind of guide brands on how to communicate with Gen Z, how to um, engage communities, how to uh, understand the complicated world that is often Twitch and gaming. Um, and that's kind of what we do. So um, in terms of what is Twitch, it's the question that I get asked most frequently, uh, mainly by my parents. <laughs> um, and the way we describe Twitch is it's the world's leading um, interactive live streaming service. It spans a whole array of content now. Um, it started with gaming, but now you've got sports, music, entertainment, podcasting, all kinds of um, amazing content um, exists on Twitch. And it is a combination of this diverse content, this live interactivity, and powerful communities that make it really special. And it's a powerful community that come together every day in their millions to interact, create real-time, um, unique experiences, one-offs, that can only happen in a live environment. So rather than me kind of trying to explain it to you, we're just going to run a quick VT to show you um, what Twitch looks like. So please run the VT. <laughs> Twitch is the next generation of entertainment. The world's leading live streaming service where creativity fills the screen and shared passions create vibrant communities. Where culture happens in real time. As viewers tune in to live, interactive content produced by countless creators found only on Twitch. Twitch brings the joy of co-op to everything from cooking and makeup streams to professional sports and live music. On Twitch, brands don't just advertise, they become one of us. With credible influencers and loyal communities, in-stream integrations that deepen engagement, high-value sponsorships that strengthen relationships, and truly unique experiences that keep audiences coming back for more. Twitch empowers brands and communities to create together. That's the power of live, only on Twitch. So um, that's an overview of what Twitch is. And um, in terms of the setting the scene for our conversation today, online community environments have seen um, kind of a huge growth, predominantly because of um, what happened with COVID. And our, we're human beings. We lack the social interaction that we were able to do um, in physical spaces. So we started to kind of um, 
move on to digital spaces for our community interactions. So we saw a real growth of people looking for those social bonds, looking for that community experience in a digital space. So COVID really um, accelerated and normalised actually the ability to see into someone else's room like we do on Zoom calls and meetings and it not be weird anymore. Um, and so these big digital communities have, um, have grown up, um, have it been established, existed before, but have kind of accelerated during COVID. And, but as in life, um, these communities, no two communities are the same. They are very different. They are um, designed in the image of their founders and the communities are built around those kind of creators and those founders that, um, that start, the, um, start those communities. So then they all communicate with their audiences in a very different way. All of their audiences are very different. All of these creators are very different. So what we want to do today is bring three um, top UK creators who have all built very, very different communities, who've got very, very different reasons for streaming and a very different approach in how their communities have been built. And then apply some best practice for brands um, uh, on top of that, of how do you build an inclusive and a very diverse uh, community, specifically on Twitch, but it goes wider than that because the digital communities are growing at pace, um, not just on Twitch. So I'm just going to introduce our creators here. We have Psyche. Hi. Yeah. Hello, it's Colo. It's Colo. And Ebonics. Hi. <laughs> so we, um, I'm just going to quickly get an overview of, so you get to understand what it is special about their communities. So Psyche, if you wouldn't mind kind of introducing yourself to the audience, sure. what content you stream, how long you've been streaming, just a bit of an overview of what, what you do. Okay, so hi, I'm Psyche. Um, I'm a former project manager in the games industry. Um, I worked for Riot Games for five years and a couple of different companies in uh, Dublin. Um, I'm now a full-time content creator and podcast host. I stream four days a week on Twitch. Um, I like to introduce myself as I'm shy, I'm bi, and I like games that make me cry because I like a good rhyme um, uh, but I do I focus on space games sandbox games story games and stuff like that um, and I've built a community I started streaming in 2014 as a hobby I know I stream full-time since 2016 um, and it was actually around 2018 that I really kind of discovered what kind of content I wanted to create and that my identity and my sexuality were actually quite important to that because it's very powerful to see people that are like you and to be able to meet people that are like you and thriving being like you so that's how I've built my community and um, I, I would describe my community as quite chaotic but still really wholesome so uh, that's the way it is for me <laughs> um big sure you may not want to be watching this but we're gonna have a look at you in action oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, so if you don't mind running the vt oh, okay. a completely normal person how dare you i've never been weird in my life yes only one of those and then you upgrade it oh it's <laughs> like sorry that was another weird noise hello is, is it me there? you're looking for i'm sorry <laughs> Oops. Step. <laughs> Good job, Psyche. I'm trying, man. You need to step up your game. Don't see me, don't see me, don't see me, don't see me, don't see me. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> I did! What happens if I pick it up? Oh, I love your sweet little babums! Oh my god! Oh, we're out of crash trees. I have <laughs> Look at the cat cat. <laughs> Am I actually not as bad at Soulsborne games as I thought I was? We are we are not friends. <laughs> you remember when I said I was really good at the game? Uh, importantly, what's the cat called? Uh, his name is Crash, uh, after Crash Override from the movie Hackers. Uh, and I have two other cats called Aziraphale and Crowley, after the characters from Good Omens. Because I'm a crazy cat lady, so... <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's talk about a bit more um, about your community and how you actually... 
um, found them? How did you build it? What steps did you take? How did you realise that this was the thing that you wanted to dedicate kind of your life to in terms of making a living? And um, it's, it's a full-time job. Yeah, it? it's absolutely a full-time job. Um, when I first went full-time, I wasn't really sure what direction I wanted my content to take. And I didn't realise how important it was to be like really openly and vocally yourself. Um, and as I kind of reached that realisation, I'm in a stream team called Rainbow Arcade, which is, um, I think, the first LGBTQIA plus dedicated stream team on Twitch. Um, and stream teams, for anyone who doesn't know, they're basically like a community that's organised of content creators who often like go towards the same goal or whatever. In this case, it was queer people and people who were streaming under that kind of umbrella. Um, and I, I reached out and tried to meet other people that were like me, other content creators that were like me, and then started to build that community from there. And uh, it's it's definitely completely changed like my perspective on streaming because I essentially get to meet people that are like me all the time. And that's something I didn't really get from the games industry as well. Cool. Um, well, we'll talk a little bit more about that and the games industry and the evolution um, of what you've seen there a little bit later. But um, thanks for kind of introducing Thank you. the community. Kolo. Hi. Hi. Um, tell us a little bit about your community, your channel, um, your content when you started. Uh, so I'm Kolo. I stream under the name Hello It's Kolo. Um, I've been streaming uh, full time now for four years. Never really expected this to happen as well. <laughs> so, um, and uh, I stream a whole variety of games with an uh, absolutely massive amount of chaos. I'm very terrible at games, but I play them with a lot of passion and I'm quite <laughs> happy to admit that. Um, I also am an ambassador for the charity Special Effect, who work making gaming accessible to all. They're a UK based charity. Um, and I'm very passionate about accessibility in gaming. Um, myself, I have a form of. Um, spondyloarthritis that affects my back but also affects my hands. They work but just not quite as well as they would bodies people's hands. So I also play games partially with my feet, um, which is always quite an interesting thing when people come into the stream and I'm like, hi, I'm Carla, I play games with my feet, but it's true, I do. <laughs> um, my community is very uh, kind of wholesome. I run a PG-ish stream, think kind of the jokes that you could make when kids are in the room and they wouldn't get the jokes, but also the adults are like, <laughs> so we're sort of that, uh, jokes. that vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're sort of that kind of vibe. Um, yeah. Cool. Should we take a look at um, your, your channel and your, yes. your stream? <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Um, let's, let's play that BT, please. Take off. Hell yeah, I'm back. That's cute. We're doing it. These are my bobs. <gasps> this is my empire. Behold. I wanted to help. What? Fantastic. Why am I like this? Good question. Whoa. That was so adorable. Oh my god. Nice shot. Thanks. Just a friendly reminder that I'm sniping with my feet. We play games, games, in this stream, 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 stream. We've raised $50,000 for charity in two years. I don't know how to stop. Did I just get sassed by a frog? I must ask you a question. <laughs> Welcome to the most toxic stream on Twitch. <laughs> Do you ever just realize the words that come out of your mouth and then you're like, why, 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 why? Why? And then do you ever make that your job? Toodaloo, Mother Badger. Yeah. Um, I think that's how I'm going to sign off every yeah. call with my boss. From now on. Yeah. Um, so your, your community, um, you've kind of described it as quite kind of yeah, the Pixar humour type thing. Um, how did you find them? How would you characterise them? And how did you build it? Where did, where did you start from? Because you didn't always 
like you did something before gaming. Yeah, yeah. so um, I originally trained in theatre and worked as a stage manager. Um, and then I had a complete career change after taking care of one of my friends who was really poorly. Um, I then worked for some charities, went into nursing. Um, and it was while I was training to be a nurse that I discovered Twitch, uh, playing some games with my friends. And they were like, oh, Colo, you should try this. And I was like, honestly, I don't really feel like I've got anything to say. Like, I'm not very good at playing games. Little did I know that that's actually been really great for me on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stumbling over my words, playing games really badly. Excellent. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I came through through that route, uh, I guess. I didn't expect to be a full-time streamer. I honestly expected that just a couple of my friends would show up. And for me, it was about scheduling a time where I could hang out with uh, a few people that I knew personally and we could just kind of chill out and play a game together. Um, and then lo and behold, uh, the, the friendship group grew and grew and grew and grew. And the way that I like to describe it is it's, it's a lot less like getting a ticket to the cinema or watching a TV show and it being very one directional. But it's more like a group of friends who used to go around and sit in somebody's kitchen and like have a cup of tea. And then we sort of outgrew that and outgrew that. And now we do the equivalent of like hiring a village hall because we're too big <laughs> to like fit in somebody's kitchen anymore. And I think that sort of sums up a lot of communities on Twitch in a lot of ways that, that we interact in that way. Um, my community has a, uh, a big focus on accessibility as well. I talk quite openly about that. Um, and uh, I have a lot of uh, neurodivergent um, and queer people and also disabled people in my community. I think something again beautiful about Twitch is that you can find that little niche and historically I feel like everybody thinks about community in terms of a very geographical these are my neighbours but in the modern world uh, it's it's actually sometimes quite hard to find people who you really really resonate with um, and you can find that on Twitch there's so much content you can find it and um, whenever I turn my stream on and hang out with my community I'm like ah yes these are my people <laughs> yeah. have you um, built communities on any other kind of um, social yeah, um, so I'm also a YouTuber. I probably should have said the other stuff. Um, I'm also a YouTuber and technically I actually have more subscribers on YouTube than I do followers on Twitch, but I continue to choose to stream on Twitch um, because the community engagement is, in my opinion, unparalleled. Um, the, the, the number of eyeballs, I think this is the way that I explained it before, is that the number of eyeballs might be more on YouTube, but the, the, the vibe um, and that kind of trust and that bond and that ability to have such a multi-directional conversation all in the same place um, isn't something that you can do in the same capacity, at least in my opinion, on, on other platforms. Um, so I continue to choose to, to stream on Twitch. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, Bollocks, welcome. Um, Please tell the audience a little bit about your community, um, your time on Twitch, a bit of your path, because you were telling me earlier you were a psychologist, yeah. which is some interesting kind of steps. And I guess not, because gaming is all about human behaviour, so it's, and as is live streaming. But yeah, please introduce your, uh, your community to us. Yeah, absolutely. Hello, everyone. My name is Ebonics. I'm a Twitch partner and Twitch ambassador as well, actually. Um, and I was actually the first black woman in the UK to be a partner and ambassador. I was partnered in 2020. And <laughs> Thank you. I partnered in 2020 and uh, became an ambassador in 2021. So a huge accomplishment um, on that side. So yeah, so kind of my past and kind of training was in psychology. I worked a lot with um, young people and children with autism and then went into disabilities as well and social care. But um, as where Twitch is concerned, my journey is, is very unique. Um, I essentially started creating content, not on Twitch, but within the uh, Sims community. So I taught myself how to 3D model <laughs> because I was really frustrated with the lack of representation in The Sims, which is a game that I played 
obsessively uh, <laughs> throughout my life um, and found in about 2015 when I unfortunately had to take like seven months of work um, that I only wanted to play but just couldn't represent myself so I taught myself how to 3D model kind of in the midst of teaching young people with autism and doing a whole bunch of stuff so it's really funny how you were talking about kind of eyes because mm. I found myself on Twitch because I had a massive following on Tumblr mm -hmm. but people are downloading my content today Neat Ebonics the, the custom content creator I love her hair got it in my game but I wasn't I didn't have that personal relationship with my community, so I discovered Twitch and felt, okay, this was the perfect opportunity for me to kind of bridge the gap between the people who were downloading my content and knew who Ebonics was but didn't know who Danny was. And so I kind of found myself streaming a bit more full-time in 2019. And yeah, a few months later, so I already had a community, but I just, I didn't, I couldn't talk to them. So I kind of, like my journey kind of like, fast tracked I got partnered within about three to four months um, because I already had my people there but they just couldn't find me so Twitch was really great and to kind of bridge that gap and then uh, in 2021 or 2020 I co-founded Black Twitch UK as well and um, it's really important for me to have found co-founded that platform because um, as a black content creator in general it you know the algorithms in itself it is already working against us. And me and my friend uh, co-founded Black Twitch UK because we wanted there to be a platform already established for brands to come to you so that you don't have to be like, oh, well, we couldn't work with more diverse creators because we couldn't find them. Now that's technically not an excuse <laughs> because we have a hub there of over like 200 creators that you can find who are black and ready to make amazing content. And it was just a platform there for you to be able to find them. So yeah, really passionate about being a fan because I like being the first of stuff, but I don't want to be the only one. Yep. I want to bring everybody up. Um, let's have a look at you and your community in action. I apologise already. <laughs> <laughs> So let, this is a, a panel on kind of diversity um, and inclusivity of the communities you've built and uh, you guys kind of talked through brilliantly how you've established and where they kind of originated from in terms of your own uh, kind of personal uh, values and beliefs. Um, Psyche, you're, as you said, you're a member of the Rainbow Arcade mm -hmm. um, and I believe it, they're, you're dedicated to inc inclusivity in gaming and beyond. Mm -hmm. and you said you've been in gaming, oh, I think it's almost like a decade. Yes. So you... I'm interested actually in how you've seen the games industry itself change in terms of inclusivity in respect of LGBT, um, LGBTQIA2+. 
<laughs> yeah, and just, um, yeah, and how how the Rainbow Arcades are kind of playing their part in that. Okay, so I, as I said, I worked in the games industry. I actually joined the games industry when I was 19. Um, I went straight out of school, decided I was getting a job in the games industry, and then stayed there for eight or nine years. Um, and honestly, at least at the very beginning, it was very difficult for me to find people who were like me. Um, more importantly, people who were loudly like me, because I'm quite loud and I'm quite vocal. Um, there were no real dedicated spaces that, at least where I worked, uh, where you could find other LGBTQIA plus people. Um, there were very few women, there were very few minorities. Um, yes, I think the situation has improved, but Twitch and the Rainbow Arcade in particular, again, the stream team that I was talking about earlier, have kind of given those kinds of spaces. Because Twitch, as uh, something that both of you have mentioned, Twitch gives you kind of like a... Uh, an intimate experience because you're you're hanging out with people you get to know them so if you're hanging out with people who are very like you I you start to build relationships with them and it can be very very powerful and very very supportive for you and for the people that are in your community um, I feel like that's something that has got a lot better um, having those dedicated spaces is really important and also one thing that stands out to me is that twitch in my opinion uh, has a fairly unique experience in because of its intimacy you can kind of segue your community to other places like for example discord is a, like a chat program for anyone who's not familiar with it a lot of people's communities will hang out there and chat after the streams offline so you have people who are not just hanging out for the like three to five hours that you're streaming they're hanging out all day and they're coming in and they're saying good morning to each other they're they're having their morning coffee together and chatting they're playing games together and you end up building like a real community, a, a group of people who spend a lot of time together. And that's just really unique and it's something that I've never had before. I think, um, I think the audience will agree. It's actually really empowering to hear how you've built a home, not just like for yourself, but for so many. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess that's kind of um, a lot of the aspects of these new digital services that are more community, more live and interactive, mm -hmm. that you can kind of have that social experience in yep. a slightly different way. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Hello. Um, the big thing that stood out for me on your kind of VT was the charity aspect, actually, mm -hmm. and it's um, it's actually a huge part of Twitch. Um, they um, you raised fifty thousand, which is an incredible sum <laughs> for special effects, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, Twitch streamers themselves globally raise tens of millions um, yearly, and I guess it's kind of built into the service. There's a very kind of donation-based, subscription-based kind of um, ethos, so the behaviours are there. But um, it'd be great to hear from you just how your experience of kind of raising issues that you're, are personal to you, how you raise that money and, and kind of what it meant to you. Mm. So, as I said, I'm an ambassador for the charity Special Effect. Um, and just a very quick explanation of what they do. Uh, they are a team of accessibility experts who help make technology accessible to those who might otherwise struggle to, uh, for it to be accessible. So, for example, they helped me uh, figure out my controller setup with buttons on my feet. For any gamers out there, it's effectively the shoulder buttons or the bumper buttons that are on my feet so I don't have to grip onto a controller, grip onto a mouse, I can have the controls in my lap and then I go across between my two feet. Um, and special effects are amazing. I was aware of them before this happened so uh, I, I got my diagnosis and started experiencing difficulties uh, about two years into being a streamer which was a little bit scary going oh my goodness I can't use my hands what am I going to do now? Um, and, uh, and special effects really helped me out. And I think something that is really powerful about, about charities is that what you will find is, I mean, firstly, it's very important for me to say that I don't actually know a single creator who within the last 12 months hasn't done a charity thing. Not a single creator. And in fact, most of them have done at least two. <laughs> like it's, it's really hard to find somebody on Twitch who isn't involved in charity in some way. Um, yeah, it's now, we're now at the, I want to say, 54, nearly £54,000 mark in the space of just over two years, which is... 
<laughs> it deserves a round of applause, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, also, it's, it's, not, it's not about me, it's, it's my community, and I, I want to make sure that I'm really strong on that, because it's, it's all very well and good me sitting there, but it's the community and, and I together who, who do this work. Um, and, yeah, so uh, the big thing as well is that streamers uh, almost always pick a charity that's really close to their heart, that's, that's, uh, that's something that's... Um, very emotive or very uh, important to them and the community understand that and the community rally around and go hey like you love this you support this we want to we want to help like we want to help this um, and I think that that love and appreciation for something and that enthusiasm can be in some ways a really beautiful kind of contagious yeah and it's a real life power yeah. which is a, a really good example of that yeah. Ebonics, we're talking about motion like you, can, you were quite emotional at the end of yeah. Um, the kind of VT then, I'd kind of understand a little bit more what, like, what drove you to that, what brought that on, what was experience have you had that kind of made you say, like, um, such heartfelt kind of um, gusto that this is the best community, what, what have they done for you? Do you know what, I think at that point it had really sunk in that I had nurtured and fostered a really uh, positive space. And I think we were, we were raising money. We were raising money for uh, the Bell Project during uh, 2020. I was hosting a Black Lives Matter virtual rally for people who couldn't go outside and wanted to do it kind of in-game. So kind of utilising the platform that I had to, um, you know, send a really important message and raise funds for a really good thing. And at that point, I really knew that I had found my tribe, my people, like, the community is everything. And I wouldn't be on this stage today without them, like, period. <laughs> point blank period I would not be on this stage oh. without them today so for me community is everything and I was really emotional and I still get emotional I still get really snotty every now and again <laughs> <laughs> about it so I just yeah man those are my people and it just it overwhelmed me and at the point I was really overwhelmed because there was a lot of money that we raised for a really important mission and I knew that we also we aligned in our values and that's really important um, you've actually created a nice segue for me in terms of alignment of values is actually a big element of when you guys work with brands and how brands create kind of shared um, and inclusive and diverse experiences because that's a key part every community is different and you have to adapt and to the values of both the creator the community and, um, and it is diverse so um, in the last kind of section it'd be great to get your best practice tips of experiences you've had and what you would advise brands to do in terms of creating a far, kind of an inclusive experience if they are going to be working with Twitch creators so Psyche if you don't mind. Okay so for me I think the biggest message I would love to put forward is that marginalized creators inherently have blockers that they face in growth and if you're not targeting those people those blockers are going to remain in place and it's really, really important because while the follower number and the viewer count number is really, really important, that's an important metric, at the same time, you shouldn't ignore the, uh, the engagement and the trust that their communities have in them and that their communities have in each other. Um, that is something that is super valuable. Even if the community is like smaller, um, there's a lot more engagement and a lot more trust that has been built from that intimate connection that they have. So it's definitely not something that you should ignore. Colo? Yeah, I think um, for me, I would uh, always, again, advocate for the, the diversity in a campaign is super important. And exactly what uh, Psyche said about blockers, but also on top of that, 
for, for you as, as marketers, as advertisers, if you're not engaging with those, those communities, you are, you're missing out. Like, they're great. You're, you're missing out. Um, and uh, I think also I would say just to try and make it as organic as possible, quite often leading with a, hey, we want you to read this specific script. It won't work. On, it won't work because our communities want to hear it from us. They want to hear it as a, we love this product. We love this thing. Like, we really genuinely do. Like, here is, the, here is something that we really want to share with you. And we want to do that in an organic way. My community have a ridiculous in-joke about how great potatoes are because they are. Um, <laughs> and uh, I once had a PR company send me a box of potatoes. Now, there's some, you get some like, incredible, amazing, beautiful PR gifts, but to this day, that is the one that's had the most engagement, and it was a box of potatoes. Like. <laughs> so I would say also get to know the community and, and also give the, the stream of the creator a little bit of creative freedom to go, this is the angle that will work about this product or this thing for my community. This is why they will love it, and have that trust in them because it will get you better results. Uh, Bonnie, you've worked um, kind of with us on um, a whole host of campaigns for Nike, for um, yeah. Apple. Um, what's your advice, having kind of from your experiences? I think for sure. I mean, just it's a massive echo echo chamber. Just making sure that the if you're working with a creator, that your values are aligning with them and their value are aligning with yours. Um, working with the kind of Nike Future Movement broadcast, one of the first things I worked on them uh, was being a disruptor. And as an actual disruptor in the industry, I felt so aligned with that, that my community and I were able to have a really open and honest discussion. So it's not always also about selling, trying to sell something. It's also about what values do you have as a brand and how can you work with creators to also share that, um, that message so it doesn't have to be about, you know, money in the pocket, although, you know, pay us correctly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, making sure that you're aligning yourself to the brands um, with the creators. And um, also not holding, you know, black POC and marginalised creators to the same standard as the bigger white cis male creators. Like, we're already inherently having a difficult time um, on the platforms in this industry growing and having that as a blocker um, and hold, like, you know, <laughs> already being held back I think if uh, the brands that I worked with took, you know, held that against me, I wouldn't have worked with all of the brands that I already have worked with to this day. Mm -hmm. So those brands that have actually believed in me, trusted in me, and allowed, and allowed me to work with them and grow with them, I really value because they saw me more than what the Twitch, the, the numbers. They saw me as a creator who has a really positive impact and influence and can, you know, do, do a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that's all we've got time for, but that was incredibly insightful about just how to give a picture, an overall picture of how do you engage kind of diverse communities, especially as um, from both sides, from how did you build one to also if you're a brand, how do you come in and how do you behave in that space and um, really fascinating. So thank you, Psyche. Thank you, Carlo. Thank you, Ebonix, for just being here, for giving us your time, giving us your insights. Um, thank you all for attending uh, this session. Um, and I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of uh, Advertising Week Europe. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more content like this and to learn about Advertising Week's world-leading events for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, visit www.advertisingweek.com. Chaptering and other structural elements for this podcast are powered by Snackable AI. With the ability to unify all content in one place, have AI distill the best insights instantaneously, and share them seamlessly, businesses on Snackable create more relevant value for their audiences faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai.